Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Here come the Astros burning with desire. There it is, the magic music. Yes. That music means we're six games away from a World Series, Stephen. Is that right? Six games away? Yeah, let's see. They're two away from getting to the World Series, four away from winning at two plus four. Yep, you're right, Robert. Your math is a whole lot better than mine, but even I know that, yeah, it's six games until another World Series. I know, you know, the managers and coaches will say one game at a time, but hey, we're fans as well as podcasters, so, you know, we can we can afford to do that, can't we? If you don't know us, welcome to Houston Sports Talk, our live Astros-Yankees postgame show. Robert Land alongside Stephen Kerr between the two of us, 60 years combined in sports journalism. And Stephen, just another pitching gem by this Houston Astros ball club. Um, they just keep doing it. The train keeps rolling. The train on the tracks up at Minute Maid just keeps rolling along. Yeah, the pitching is what got us here, Robert, and the pitching is what's keeping it going. Uh, I tell you what, because the the offense was certainly not plentiful tonight. If it weren't for Bregman's homer in the third inning, yeah, I don't know if we'd be talking about a 2 nothing Astros lead in this series. But the pitching came through, and you know what, Robert, there were two things that worried me coming into this game. One of them is that the roof at Minute Maid Park was open for tonight's game. And, you know, it's no big surprise, you know, when you get to this time of year, and in the postseason, if the weather is nice, you know, Major League Baseball insists that the roof will be open. I think if you talk to most of the players, you know, maybe even manager Dusty Baker, I don't know, he hasn't really said much on it, but, you know, they probably preferred it to be closed because it's what they're used to. You know, the Astros have had, I think, several games now. They've, they've won one game in the World Series, game one last year with the roof open, but historically they haven't done too well with it open. So, at least that didn't happen tonight. And the other is, you know, the Astros, the last time they took a two-games-to-none lead in a best-of-seven series was against the 2017 Yankees. I guess we know what happened that year, don't we, Robert? Yeah, let's not repeat that whole thing where the Yankees then sweep all the games and let's go down to a game <laughs> seven again. Yeah, let's not do that. But at least they did win the series and, you know, got to the World Series. But... Yeah, the, the Astros are up 2-0, and that's rare. You know, they've, in 12 tries, you know, that's 12 games now. They've only done it twice when they've led one game to nothing and tried to go up 2-0 in a best-of-seven postseason series. So even that doesn't happen very often, Robert, but it happened tonight. Thank goodness. Let me just say something about the roof being open. I know a lot of people are mad with Major League Baseball about that. Frankly, I thought that was a perfect scenario for the Astros in this game, Stephen, because the Astros have a fly, a ground ball pitcher instead of a fly ball pitcher that it's not going to affect him at all. And guess who hit the big fly ball between both of the teams against, <laughs> against the Yankees. So it, it worked out perfectly uh, for the Astros in this particular game. I, I'm just glad that, you know, we're out of that situation right now. And who knows what the weather's going to be like if they do come back to Houston for game six, but I thought, oh, Fromber, ground ball pitcher, he doesn't care about roof being open. No, he doesn't, and, and that's very true. That's a good point. Uh, when you got a ground ball pitcher, you're you're not too concerned about it. And you know, once again, Fromber, you know, early on, you just kind of wondered. I mean, he he wasn't falling to pieces, but he wasn't exactly dominant. But man, as the game goes along, he just gets better 
and better. And the curveball was a bit inconsistent at first, but man, he got it working, you know, not just with the ground balls, but uh, with the strikeouts. He had nine. And I'll tell you something else. Here's another number that's real interesting, Robert. In the two games, the Yankees have struck out 30 times. 30. The Astros, just eight. So that's another big reason that I guess it doesn't matter <laughs> that the roof was open tonight because the Yankees were whiffing a lot. Yeah, they were causing a lot of the wind that was at Minute Maid for sure. And I, <laughs> I, I, we didn't say it last night, but the Astros struck out 17 Yankees and the Astros only struck out two times, which is just yep. an unbelievable ratio. In this game, Fromber, I mean, nine strikeouts, zero walks, zero earned runs. And I'm going to get to that later in the show. But uh, his performance otherwise uh, in, in the playoffs besides being a fielder, has been magnificent. Now, um, let's get to the game a little bit. We want to hear your comments also because uh, we uh, will talk about what you guys are saying and we'll respond to anything if you got a question or anything like that. But, uh, you know, we're on YouTube uh, for all of you watching and just subscribe if you haven't already. Like and comment. It's a great way to support everything that we're doing. We're doing these Astros postseason postgames all through the postseason. So you got to tune in and we're going to be going as long as the postseason goes. So bottom two, Steven Tucker walks, Yuli singles Astros with runners on, but Aledmus Diaz strikes out and McCormick pops out. So the Astros struggles with runners in scoring position continued. We know going into this game, they hadn't had a base hit with runners in scoring position since game one of the Mariners series. Yeah, in fact, I think coming into tonight's game, Robert, they were a miserable three for 26 with runners in scoring position. So, you know, I've been saying it all season, the offense it just, you know, as far as clicking on all cylinders, it, it just hasn't happened. You know, so many players that you keep expecting to get it together just aren't hitting. But as we said last night, you know, usually somebody is going to come through. And tonight it was Alex Bregman. So, you know, while the offense has been just up and down and up and down, you never know what's going to come from night to night. Again, it's that pitching that bails you out. And, and that's usually what happens in the postseason is, you know, great pitching is going to overcome poor hitting at least most of the time. Yeah. Shout out to Royal Traveler who said Fromber was incredible. Our pitching has been amazing. Uh, yeah, that's the obvious of obviouses. And uh, thanks for World Travel for making a comment. But let's go to the bottom of the third. Runners on first and third for Bregman. This was the moment of the game. Steven, this pitch by Severino, terrible. He was getting strike three calls off the plate. Uh, or not strike three, but strike calls off the plate outside of the strike zone time and again during this inning and actually in previous innings, the ump was basically saying, I'll give you a few inches off the plate. For some reason, on a one-two pitch, he decides to go inside and sneak a fastball on Alex Bregman. You don't sneak fastballs inside on Alex Bregman, especially in big playoff situations. Stephen, we've seen it too many times. Yeah, not a good idea. And uh, let's not forget who started that inning. The machete does it again. You know, he takes one for the team and gets hit by the pitch and, <laughs> you know, sets up. And, and then, of course, Pena singles to to set it all up. So, yeah, that, that was not a great idea for, for him to throw that to Bregman. And, you know, the, the Astros have beaten up on Severino, uh, you know, for the most part in several games. 
he's not had great success against the Astros. The Astros beat him twice in 2017 in the postseason, once in 2019. You know, they, they've scored a combined six runs and had six walks against him. So historically, I did feel pretty good about Severino pitching. He did pretty well tonight, except for that one mistake that you just talked about, and that was the difference in the game right there. So Alex Bregman now has the most postseason home runs as a third baseman in baseball history, which just kind of snuck up on us. I don't know if anybody was thinking about that stat. I certainly hadn't heard much about it. And Stephen, I believe Bregman's home run was the first hit the Astros had with runners in scoring position since game one of the Mariners series. They'd been hitless in their last 19 at-bats with runners in scoring position. And, And it's not just that. Now they they have that one hit in three games with runners in scoring position. They've won all of them. It's incredible. Yeah, that is incredible. And you just don't do it without great pitching. I know we keep saying it over and over, but that is the key, Robert. And yeah, Bregman, that was his 14th home run in his postseason career, which uh, broke that all-time record by a third baseman. So that's pretty cool. You know, the Astros keep racking up the records. All right, come on, guys. We need some more comments. I want to hear from you. Let's go to the top of the fourth. And for the second time in the playoffs, Fromber panics and makes Mm -hmm. an ill-advised throw when he's forced to field a tough one. Steven, it basically cost him two runs. But also, and I don't know if they talked about this much on the broadcast. I don't remember them mentioning too much about this. But you at least got to come off the bag and take no chances. You're up by three. The only thing that beats you is a big inning, and Fromber doesn't give up a lot of big innings because he doesn't give up the home run and because he doesn't give up a lot of doubles either. Like in any of the big plays that you're going to get are going to be through errors or you're going to have to single him to death. Yeah, that's that's true. You know, the Guriel probably could have made something happen with that. But, man, I, I know in my notes, Robert, after that inning, I said, Valdez is living right. Even his disastrous two-base error didn't completely erase the lead that he got. It it was still three to two, but how long can he keep living on the edge? Well, he certainly recovered from that. The old Fromber would have completely fallen apart, Robert. He, He would have collapsed. The Yankees would have come back, and we wouldn't be having this conversation. But the new Fromber, he just, it just rolled off his back, and he just recovered. I don't know what you thought, Stephen, but I was pretty well stressed the whole rest of the game because I thought that's got to cost us. It's just got to. Well, yeah, I did too. But as especially it got into the later innings and, you know, in that ninth inning, I was definitely having some butterflies, Robert, because you just, in a one run game, I mean, let's face it. I don't care what's been going on and who's got the momentum. It only takes one swing of the bat. And that's where the Yankees were the whole rest of the game when they got those two runs back. All right, let's go to the bottom of the six. Two on for Aledmus Diaz, who grounds into a double play. And Steven, Aledmus is swinging at just about everything. I'd like to see him maybe take a couple more pitches. If nothing else, just to make the Yankees pitchers work a little bit. Yeah, I don't know what we do, Robert. I mean, you either put Mancini in, you know, and then we we said that Aledmus Diaz needs to have a shot and he hasn't come through. I, I keep saying this. Why not give David Hensley a shot? I mean, what have you got to lose? You know, you're not going to go much worse there. But I keep waiting for Aledmus Diaz to put it together. Yeah, it was a long at bat. It was a good at bat for the most part until you you get the out. But I I want to see some more players in the Astros lineup that look like they're, you know, like I'm not going to swing at everything that's close. And you know, Bregman doesn't do that, of course. Right. And right. and uh, Kyle Tucker is. Managed not to do that. 
And Maldonado's managed not to do that. And when um, he's hitting, Altuve doesn't usually do that. And he's had some at-bats where he's been a little patient. But, you know, that, that's been one of the Astros' M.O.s for the last several years is that they make pitchers work. You know, they you know six, seven, eight pitch at-bats. They haven't really done that much in this postseason, Robert. Yeah, you could tell Altuve was frustrated because there was a ball off the plate. It was it was a ball, like I said, there was a lot of those early in the game where they were just given the outside corner to the Astros, which would have been right-handed batters outside corner. And Altuve, you don't hear him have long conversations or don't see him having long conversations with umpires too often, but he he did early in the game when that happened. And, you know, he's now 0 for 23, which breaks a tie with Dal Maxville, who yeah. went 0 for 22 for the Cardinals in the 68 World Series. It's the longest hitless streak to begin a postseason now in Major League Baseball history. Ugh, what a dubious record for Altuve. It's not not what you want to see, Robert. You just keep you keep waiting for it. You know, the last time he came up to bat, when he even though he hit in that double play, he did hit the ball hard. So you keep thinking, well, maybe he's going to finally figure it out. But it was a double play, and that's all that matters. And you know, the the guys on the TBS broadcast were talking about. How in the 1952 World Series, Gil Hodges, he went over 21 and fans were were sending him rosary beads and rabbit's <laughs> yeah. feet. Did you hear that? Maybe yeah. Somebody needs to do that for Altuve. Maybe that fan who was running onto the field in the top of the ninth, you know, maybe, maybe he was trying to help Altuve or something. I don't know, but it, something needs to happen. My goodness. It, it's just, it's agonizing to watch such a great player like Altuve struggle like that. If you've got any ideas, what should we do with Altuve? You know, let me let me hear. Maybe let me chat. Yeah, maybe the fans have got some ideas for Altuve. I tell you what might get him out of the slump, though, Stephen. I was thinking about this booze at Yankee Stadium. That always helps him. Oh yeah, you know, I was funny. I was thinking about that the other day. So maybe when they get to Yankee Stadium, you know, he seems to play well at Yankee Stadium when their fans are booing their heads off. And I think it was uh, on his birthday. They were at Yankee Stadium, and they, of course, were booing him unmercifully, unmercifully, and he hits a home run. So, yeah, maybe Yankee Stadium. I mean, that's the next thing we have to look forward to. Got to go to Yankee Stadium for three games, Robert. Some good things have got to happen if the Astros are going to come out of it and not come back to Minute Maid Park by winning this series. So maybe that's one of them. Maybe that's when Altuve will finally break out of it. Hopefully so. So let's go to the top of the eighth now. Runner on first for Abreu, who spelled Fromber. We talked about Fromber's outing already. Kyle Tucker, nice play at the wall. The runner tags to second, but then Abreu on a 3-2 count makes a perfect pitch on Stanton. He paints the outside corner at the knees, and Steven, I don't know if you could place the ball any better than where he put that pitch. Yeah, he made some great pitches in that at-bat. And I tell you what, Abreu, I, I used to get nervous when he'd come into the game because I didn't know what kind of pitcher we were talking about. But, man, he has found his groove this season. I'm telling you. It doesn't seem to matter where you put him. He just comes through. And, you know, he came through in that with, you know, the game was on the line. As I said, it takes one swing of the bat and could have changed everything. So that was a huge pitch. But, you know, Kyle Tucker making that saving catch at the wall, Robert, I don't know if you saw this, but the finals, uh, the finalists for the Gold Glove Awards came out and Jeremy Pena's name is on it, but so is Kyle Tucker. Now, I, I don't know if you think Jeremy Pena deserves to win a Gold Glove, but Kyle Tucker, 
hands down, he better get a gold glove, especially after that catch tonight. Yeah, he's a lock. And, you know, you could say it looked like a fairly routine catch. It looks worse because you're at Minute Maid and it's that short outfield. The ball probably hits the top of the wall, which for Minute Maid is a long fly ball in most ballparks that's a can of corn. But with the wind playing yeah. tricks, and we saw Chaz McCormick earlier in the game, Stephen, and he had trouble with one that was, you know, an unusually uh, – it's just something you just don't see at Minute Maid at all. Right. Now, it, it was a great catch regardless. I mean, it, it could have hit the top of the wall either way. Even if it hadn't gone out, if it had hit the top of the wall, then Rizzo scores and the game is tied. So, again, it was a big play. Yeah, the only thing that I was sort of wondering with Presley uh, – I'm sorry, with Tucker, uh, and I'm going to get to Presley in a second. I got Presley on my head. But mm-hmm. um, the only thing I was worried about with Tucker was – you know, backing up that throw to first base by Fromber, and I was watching Tucker moving a little bit slowly over in that direction. Now, if Fromber makes the play, I don't know if he has to worry at all about backing up second base there, because if he makes the play, then he throws to second, and then it might be a double play, so you're backing up second base in case he throws it wild. But I just saw him hesitate, or he was moving a little bit slowly to back up Yuli, you don't think that would make a big difference, but with Tucker's arm, if he gets there quickly when the ball get past Yuli, I was wondering, well, could he have thrown the guy out at second base or something like that that uh, you know was running down the line? I, I just don't know, but that yeah, was the one thing. Yeah, and, and again, I don't know if that's something anybody else noticed, but I just thought that was really interesting. And speaking of, I was talking about Presley because I was thinking about Presley. Mm-hmm. Top of the night, we start the night where a guy runs onto the field, hugs Altuve, and tries to take a selfie with him, which we all would love to do, but not in the middle of an Astros huge moment here. Well, see, that's why I was telling you. Maybe maybe he was trying to you know, whisper some uh, magic words to Altuve or something. He was just trying to help him out. <laughs> maybe he had an idea. Come on, somebody give me a comment. I need some fun with this thing. But That's great. Oh, my God. Lots of weird stuff. In these playoffs, we've already had an 18-inning game with forest fire smoke wafting through a ballpark. So in the meantime, Presley keeps his composure, which is maybe more than I could have done with all that going on and that long wait that he had to throw his first pitch. But, you know, he he gives up uh, one walk in the inning. uh, Tough at bat right there, but big strikeout on Carpenter to end it, and he gets Carpenter to go fishing. Presley, two really stunningly good outings uh, the last couple nights. Yeah, for sure. And some people may have been wondering, you know, why are you going to use Presley the next night when he got a four-out save? Well, here's the reason. He only threw 15 pitches in that four-out save. So, you know, you still could use him, and you have the off day tomorrow. So it's not a big surprise. And look, if he's able to go, you know, unless he's thrown like 30 pitches or something, he's going to be in there in a game, in a three-to-two game like that in the top of the ninth. You know, when the Astros are trying to go up 2-0, you got to put him in there. So it, it certainly proved true. And, you know, Presley has risen, risen to the occasion. We were talking the other day, you know, about how nervous he kind of makes us throughout the season. But certainly in these two games, he's been right on it. Yeah, Presley, uh, he looks like he's in, in uh, playoff form for sure. I mean, he just looks so locked in right now. And that breaking pitch is just wicked at the moment. And his control has been really good so far in the postseason. Uh, Steven, 
I, I don't know how you look at the series right now, but, you know, I said it the other day and, or I said it yesterday, it feels like it's all running together with me right now, but uh, you've got two choices tomorrow. You've got Christian Javier or Lance McCullers. My feeling is they're, they're going to go with Lance McCullers. Let's go with the guy that they think is the third best pitcher on the staff. But I, I still think that's kind of an interesting position. Christian Javier, was not available in the bullpen tonight. So this idea that, oh, you're going to give maybe Christian Javier a chance to pitch, even though he hasn't had a, you know, he hasn't had a start or, you know, what has it been since the regular season a few weeks ago now? Yeah, it's been a while as far as a start is concerned. And, you know, you think about guys like Jose Urquidy, he hasn't pitched at all in the postseason. He was warming up in that 18-inning game but didn't see any action. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure, you know, they haven't announced it at the time that we're live right now, Robert, but pretty sure that they're going to go with McCullers and then Javier, you know, and then beyond that, who's to say? It gets to a game five, I guess it's going to depend, but the good news is the Astros have some options to play with. As I said before, you know, you got Luis Garcia who had that great outing in the 18-inning game against Seattle. You've got Urquidy, although... I'm a little worried because, you know, Urquidy hasn't pitched in so long. You wonder how rusty he is and when you can find an opportunity to put him in there. But, yeah, I, I think you're going to see McCullers in three and then Javier in game four. Once again, we didn't see Ryan Stanek in this game, but with the wind happening in this one and some, you know, weird stuff with the wind as well, it made sense that you don't see Stanek. They go to Brian Abreu. Brian Abreu you know, the, the odds that you, that we were going to be talking about Brian Brayu ahead of Brian Stanek in the pecking order for the Astros bullpen after five games in the playoffs is, was was pretty good odds there if you went to Vegas on that. And I tell you what, um, Stanek, I feel like, is a perfect guy for Yankee Stadium because of the fly ball, you know. St- I mean, it's not the old Yankee Stadium, but it's more a pitcher's ballpark than Minute Maid, of course. Yeah, right. I, I got to think you're going to see him. It is interesting we haven't seen him more in this postseason. I know you've brought it up before. He did have that one appearance, you know, against Seattle in that uh, long game. But I, I got to think that he's going to be in there at some point. But, you know, the great thing about Abreu is you can put him in in any situation because he's got three pitches that are stellar. And he could throw any one of them. And it's hard to sit on any one of those pitches. So, He's just, he's the guy right now. I mean, there's no doubt about it, but I think you're, Stanek's going to be in there before this series is over, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I think we're going to see him for sure. And uh, I tell you what, Stephen, uh, it should be fun to go to Yankee Stadium. If they win one, it'll be more fun if they win two. Uh, to, to, to clinch at Yankee Stadium, that's something that, Stephen, I don't, I don't think we've ever done in a playoff series. Yeah, that's for sure. And you you better hope you have a lot of bodyguards to get you out if you do, because those fans are going to be ready and they're going to be mad if that happens. But, you know, that that would be the best thing, Robert. Everybody always loves to clinch at home, but you you just want to clinch and get to the World Series. It doesn't matter whether it's in Houston, New York, or Timbuktu. Let's just, let's get this series over with. You know, the sooner the better, because the longer it goes, the crazier things get. So, you know, it's going to be awfully difficult, though, to sweep the Yankees and, you know, win two right off the bat at Yankee Stadium. But, heck, the way this team is going, Robert, I mean, we keep saying it, uh, the offense may be struggling in certain parts, but if the pitching keeps doing what it does, a timely hit here or there, 
you know, and the Astros can hold him down, then that could happen. Yeah, I, I don't think you can get Jose Altuve just hitless for an entire postseason and win the World Series because he's got to get a hit. We got to get Jose Altuve going and, and and maybe some clutch hits as well. Jordan Alvarez, we got to get him going again. I mean, yeah, he won those first two games and they were huge, but now it's been three games where he's been pretty quiet. He finally got a base hit, got off the schneid after struggling the last two and a half games towards the end of the game, but still got to get Jordan Alvarez going. And again, we just got it. We got to get something from the Aledmus Diaz, Trey Mancini spot in the order, something there. Yeah, something. And, uh, you know, I, I still, I, I think I picked the Astros in five and I, you know, it's going to be difficult to sweep them. And that's kind of what I think it'd be in five that, you know, but all they have to do, you know, is win two more games and they can win two out of three at Yankee Stadium. Well, there you go. There's your World Series berth. Garrett Cole, that's who they're facing next, our old friend. Man, that's going to be interesting. You know, they've, uh, he's pitched pretty well against his old team, but, you know, it, he's not exactly been the Garrett Cole that he was in 2019. He's had some rough spots, so it is possible that the Astros can get to him in game three. Do you have a preference at this point between the Padres and the Phillies if the Astros can get through this? You know, I'd almost rather say I play the Padres because the, the Phillies, what, they only won, what, 87 games this year? And it's just one of those things where they have just caught fire at the right time. And, yeah, I, the Phillies really scare me right now. I mean, they really do. They talk about – I hate to use the term team of destiny, Robert. I've never liked that term. And I think one of the first times I heard it was in 83 when North Carolina State beat the University of Houston in basketball when they shouldn't have. Don't get me started on that. But this team of destiny thing, I mean, it's hard to argue. So, yeah, if I had to pick, I think I'm cheering for the Padres right now. <laughs> but, you know, hey, if you get to the World Series – as long as we get there, we'll we'll face whomever we got to face as long as they can win it. Yeah, no question about it. We owe the Phillies one from 1980, but we owe the Padres one from 1988, right? Yeah, I know. The, you know, the players, certainly a lot of those players weren't even born back in 1980. And, you know, a lot of the fans think about that. But, yeah, a little payback to the Phillies uh, would certainly be nice from that 1980 series when the Astros thought they had it. They were up two games to one and. Couldn't win those last two games, even with Nolan Ryan on the mound in game five. Yeah, I just mm, don't that even, hurt. I, yeah. Gosh, that still hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, kids, we are old enough to remember that. Yeah. Unfortunately. And, yeah. And it's it just it was it was bad. Um well let's uh remind everybody that we're gonna be doing this on Saturday and mm. Sunday. And if we have to do it Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, I hope we don't have to go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. That would be great. Oh, man. I mean, listen, the the off day on Friday, that's it for this series, Robert. They're not going to have a single one. Even, you know, when they come back to Houston, if they have to, there will be no travel day. So you and I are going to be busy. And I think, aren't the Rockets playing on Saturday, too? You're going to have to switch uh, back and forth again? Oh, the Rockets are playing at 7 o'clock. And sat well, they're playing Friday and Saturday. So the oh, Rockets Friday playing and at, Saturday. Okay. Yeah, Saturday at seven o'clock, and uh, the Astros play at four o'clock. I believe right. that is correct. So we're going to be doing to be we're going to be doing live post game. I'm going to be recording the Rockets, and when I'm done with the post game, I'm going to go <laughs> watch the Rockets um, because I I really am intrigued by this team. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot more Rockets down the road for sure as the Astros season sort of fades here in the next couple of weeks, but. Don't forget, we're going to be doing the not just live tech 
Astros post games, but Texans post game. We're going to do one after the Raiders game, wow, which is at three o'clock. And then, so we'll be going live around six o'clock. Me and Sean Bajani, Sports Radio 610, my regular co-host. And then we're going to reload for the Astros that night. Steven will be back for the Astros post game. And somebody's going to have to, you know, prop me up at that point because I will be so wiped out from watching both of those games. The emotion of the Astros is very exhausting, Stephen. I don't know what you find it, but I, for me, it is. Yeah, it certainly can be. You might want to have a Red Bull or two on hand or something for you, Robert, because uh, that is going to be one busy day on Sunday. But you know what? As long as the Astros keep winning, that adrenaline's going to keep pumping it. It's going to be fun, and I'm I'm really enjoying doing this with you, Robert, and just enjoying watching the games. Let's just keep it going, man. Let's keep it going. Yeah, just a quick comment from Carlos Ruiz before we take off. He says Altuve has to be placed later in the lineup. I just don't think that's going to happen, Stephen. <laughs> well, I mean, it would make sense to do that, but no, I don't think Dusty Baker's going to take him out of the leadoff spot. He has full confidence in Altuve. And he's going to get it going. I just, I just totally believe it. You know, if you go on that last at bat, he, he's making some contact. He's just not getting the hits. But if you just keep swinging the bat, I think Babe Ruth even said it. You know, every time he'd get in a slump, he just went up there and kept swinging. Well, that's what Altuve just needs to do. Just keep swinging. He will come out of it. He's too great of a player not to, Robert. Yeah, remember when A.J. Hinch was like, well, maybe George Springer, they should move him down and – then, then he just went on to win the MVP of the world. So remember, he struggled against the Yankees that that series before that. And yeah, they're like, he did. What? And even in game one of the World Series in 2017, he did the same thing. And fans were saying, why don't you take him out? Move him down in the lineup. AJ Hinton said, nope, he's going to keep him there. And Springer goes on to win the MVP of the series. So I just, all it's going to take is one game. And if Altuve gets it, you know, starting in Yankee Stadium, I think he's on the way back. All right. Well, let's do this again. We will. Yeah, let's turn that up. Like I said, don't forget, we're doing this again on Saturday. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your cousins. Uh, We want to hear from you as much as possible. Love talking to you guys. Astros up 2-0, six games away from a championship. Let's think of it that way. They win this one 3-2. Thank you, Alex Bregman. Thank you, Fromber and Ryan Presley and Brian Abreu. Fantastic outing all the way around. Um, We will talk to you later. Have a great one. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Hey, you can support the show by subscribing on YouTube and commenting on the videos. Listen to Houston Sports Talk on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and Google. Don't forget to tell a friend and share our show on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.